Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're a 415 You're all about your San Francisco 49ers. And this is where you need to be for news, analysis, and, and, and more. And more. Welcome to the 415 hosted by Evan Gidding and Mark Grandy. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back into another episode of the 415ers podcast. Evan Giddings, Mark Grandy with you as always. Odyssey Sports Podcast Network three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday with 95.7 The Game. Mark, my man, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Evan. Maybe not as well as uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is today. I mean, he's still got a a foot injury. But the good news for Jimmy Garoppolo is it's not season-ending, potentially. He doesn't need surgery, so... In a bad week for Jimmy Garoppolo, he's he's uh he's feeling much better, and I'm feeling pretty good as well. Evan, how are you? I'm doing pretty good. I know. Look, there's a lot going on in the Bay Area sports scene right now. Uh, <laughs> the appearance of an Aaron Judge signing, all for naught, and as as well as some Warriors news, they're kind of taking some ups and downs. But right now, the 49ers are are also in that like wait and see kind of <sighs> uh you know I guess situation or scenario right now because. You're, you're riding high off of Brock Purdy's first unofficial, I guess, win. Uh, technically, goes to Jimmy Garoppolo. True. But Jimmy Garoppolo arguably got a bigger victory this week when he found out that he did not have to have foot surgery. Uh, the fear, of course, was it was a Liz Frank injury, which would have held him out for the entirety of the season. Now, with that seven to eight week window, Mark, as you tweeted out earlier, it means he would not, Jimmy Garoppolo, that being, would not be available for the rest of the regular season, but could potentially return in, I think it's like the last week of January, right? That would be the the timing of that seventh week, which would come out to be about the divisional round or the conference championship. So that's what everyone is is kind of talking about right now. Like, well, first, obviously, you got to get there. But, I mean, how, how did you take it when you heard the news? Aside from, hey, I'm happy for Jimmy because at least he's not going to have to get surgery. Yeah, I think that was my first thought. Well, first of all, you you hear, you know, doesn't need surgery or anything. All right, what's the time frame? And then you you see seven to eight weeks, you bring out your calendar app on your iPhone and, and you kind of, you know, count the number of weeks and figure out when he might be coming back. And you see, as you mentioned, seven weeks, basically exactly from when he got injured on Sunday of this past week is the final day of the divisional round. Because the divisional rounds you, you play on Saturday and on Sunday throughout the entire NFL. Obviously, you know, a single team isn't playing on both those days. But there's, there's a chance that you could be playing on a Saturday as opposed to a Sunday. So seven weeks basically puts him right at the divisional round. The Niners very likely will not be the one seed, which means they will have to play 
and win a wild card game to get to the divisional round for a chance that Jimmy Garoppolo could play. But again, seven to eight weeks, that seven week number is, is probably looking on the optimistic side of things. And even then it's relatively unlikely, at least right now that he would be ready to play in a divisional round game. So that means let's just assume he's unavailable for a hypothetical divisional round game. That means maybe his first game available would be an NFC championship game, which is a week after that, which would put him eight weeks out from the injury. Okay. Let's think about that. If the Niners were to get to the NFC championship game, they would need to win two playoff games, a wild card round and a divisional round to get to the NFC championship game. Who is the starting quarterback in those games? Brock Purdy. Is Brock Purdy playing well enough? We're assuming. Most likely. Things can change. Things have changed a lot this season. Most likely Brock Purdy. If you win those games, logic would suggest Brock Purdy played well enough to help you win. At least he didn't cost you wins in those games. Let's say Jimmy Garoppolo is ready to go. NFC Championship game on the road against the Philadelphia Eagles. Brock Purdy is coming off two wins. Do you even start Jimmy Garoppolo at that point? I mean, that's where my mind went to. This is fantastic news. We talked a lot the last couple of episodes or last episode how how bad we feel for Jimmy Garoppolo. His career, it seemed like, had finally kind of been turning. He'd been changing the narrative around his career with his last six games, Evan. So you're, you're extremely happy for him that he avoided a major, major injury. But in my mind, this doesn't change all that much for the 49ers because if they get to a point where he is available and ready to play, do they even make that change at that point considering getting that far probably means the team, as constructed without Jimmy Garoppolo, is, pl- is playing pretty good football. Yeah, I'm with you. Look, I, I think that... There's obviously a lot of what-ifs surrounding this scenario, but I also know that if, let's say, everything goes according to plan and Jimmy Garoppolo gets cleared, essentially, for that division championship round scenario, I... Okay, so... Jimmy Garoppolo is does not have the greatest track record in the playoffs. This is understood. Uh, we don't know what Brock Purdy is or is not. We've seen him play one good game, serviceable game against a good opponent. I'm, I don't want to dismiss the Miami Dolphins. I, I don't think they're as good as maybe other people do, but I think they're pretty good. Brock Purdy, if he helps you get a playoff win or two, some might say, well, ride the hot hand. Like he deserves to have the chance to win or, you know, lose the season. Uh, To me, Mark, this may sound asinine to people. This may sound stupid to both Jimmy Garoppolo haters as well as um, Jimmy Garoppolo fans. But Uh if there is a chance for him to play in the conference championship and he is 100% cleared, to me, there is a no brain decision no-brainer decision that you go to jimmy garoppolo in that game i don't know about that i mean I and so the reason there's... being when you're in the playoffs and if you're going on the road which brock purdy would probably have to do once if if this whole hypothetical plays out 
To me, the one thing that you cannot account for is experience. And I'm sorry. I, I, I know there might be physical limitations for Jimmy Garoppolo, so that's all even. Uh, it obviously depends on how Brock Purdy plays the rest of this season. You know, I, I hope he does well. I don't personally, history is not on his side, but for a rookie quarterback to lead you to a Super Bowl, a third string quarterback to lead you to a Super Bowl, a seventh round pick to lead you to a Super Bowl, that generally does not happen. And the reason being because there's no experience. There, there's, there's no way that you can be in that scenario just by de facto of, of being in that city. Like, I'm sorry, I, I would go to Jimmy Garoppolo. I understand your point. However, I, I disagree. I mean, not necessarily. I, I think obviously I'll, this whole conversation depends on the context of the situation. And we're trying to, you know, handicap this eight weeks out. And we just frankly have, have really no clue how this situation is going to play out. Let's say, for example, that the 49ers somehow barely survive say they they get the giants in the wild card round and they barely survive against the giants brock purdy throws two interceptions one of them goes for a pick six he also loses a fumble it's a, a fantastic niner defensive performance maybe the defense scores a touchdown as well and they eke out a win despite Brock Purdy's terrible play similar story potentially in a divisional round or maybe you push Jimmy to, to come back in that divisional round obviously in a situation like that the conversation changes but let's say Brock Purdy is serviceable doesn't turn the ball over but you know isn't throwing for 300 yards and three touchdowns say he throws for 195 yards one touchdown doesn't turn the ball over Niners win by seven points is like, at what point is his performance good enough to where you feel comfortable with him moving forward? Because the other part of this conversation is, sure, Jimmy's cleared. The doctors say he's ready for football once again. He can practice. He can get ready for games. He can play in games. But do you remember the conversation early this year around Jimmy Garoppolo? After that loss, week three in Denver, you know? Uh, it, it, it's going to take me some time to kind of get back into the, you know, get back into the offense to get used to things once again. And I know we had those kind of infamous comments now after week two saying, oh, it's like riding the bike. But then just a week later, he kind of went back on his word there and said it takes time to get used to things once again. Definitely. Are you going are you going to trust a quarterback who, you know, had had already said it, it takes a little bit to get used to things once again after not playing at all for two months. Like that is also a factor here. It's it's not just ability and are you physically able to go out and play in a football game again, but it's also are you rusty and are you as sharp as you need to be to make you potentially better than a rookie in Brock Purdy? That that's also part of the conversation. I'm glad you brought that up, Mark, because. I think that's the first place a lot of people's mind go is, well, hey, he, he clearly wasn't ready at the beginning of the season, right? Yeah. But that also is, a, in my mind, different, a different situation because... That's fair. Number one, he's coming off of, sh of shoulder surgery, which he admitted shortened his offseason, did not have a chance to practice, did not get a full training camp. So the first month of the season, despite what he looked like against the Seattle Seahawks, was essentially his training camp. He also mentioned Kyle Shanahan's playbook being a little bit different than before. 
Now I know it, you know, it's all the same, but to me, the experience part, I'm not worried about or him getting revved up and back into the flow of things. I think there's naturally going to be some rust, but I'm not worried about him reverting back to, to Denver based off of, again, the amount of, of, Things that he had to overcome this offseason and at the beginning of the season. Heading, I mean, he wasn't he didn't know he was going to be a 49er until after the preseason had ended. So he wasn't practicing regularly with the team as he's been. And also, I'm assuming this is an assumption, but I'm assuming that if he is cleared a hundred percent to play, he will have had oh, at least a week's worth of practice being back with the first team. And that to me is where hopefully that rust can fade away. Rust, not Russ. Rust can fade away. <laughs> um, although Wilson's done that this season, but that's he's to me why <laughs> he's all the way gone. That's to me why I would be less worried about. I guess what you're talking about there, and the the sort of you know ramping up to getting back to playing, than some people would assume. Yeah, I don't know. It's an interesting situation because uh, there's so many. No, so many different factors that you have to consider in a moment like this. And again, uh, you know, the, the situation that we're discussing now, I mean, there's a, there's a good chance it's entirely different when the time comes. And even if the time yeah. comes, I mean, there's a very good chance that a Brock Purdy led 49er team, even at home in a playoff game against say a team like the giants to continue with that hypothetical they could lose that game. I mean, who knows? Maybe they fall apart here at the end of the regular season. Maybe this, you know, three-quarter performance by Brock Purdy is is the best he'll ever look in a 49er uniform. And maybe they don't even win the division. Who knows? There's still a lot of things that can happen at this point. Um, but ultimately, we're in agreement on this. It was fantastic news for the 49ers that they got on Tuesday about Jimmy Garoppolo because – what your original thought was once he went down with the injury and you could kind of hear it in the way everyone spoke after the win against the Dolphins on Sunday. I mean, Kyle Shanahan, just emotional. Once again, we, we heard him the same way when Trey Lance went down. We've heard him a lot when he's he's lost a number of key players. I mean, Christian McCaffrey, who's been in the locker room for what, a little more than a month now talking about, you know, I haven't been around very often, but I love Jimmy Garoppolo and, he even credited Brock Purdy's success to Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, there's, it's, it's very, very clear how beaten down this 49er locker room felt. And, and we kind of talked about the, the dueling emotions, feeling great about a big win against Miami, but also feeling terrible for your, your fallen brother, Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, there's no doubt that this news, whether or not Jimmy Garoppolo plays another down for the 49ers this year and, we can leave next year, you know, later. I don't need, don't need to worry about that now. Whether or not Jimmy Garoppolo plays again for the 49ers this season, Evan, for me, it's, it's not even that important because I think this news that there's a chance he come back, he can come back, that it's not a season-ending injury, that it's not going to be something that costs him any part of next season. It's fantastic for the 49er locker room because it is so incredibly clear how much they love this guy. Just this news alone, even if he does not come back out onto the field, I think is enough to to boost the spirits of the 49ers locker room, and that alone could be enough to help them play better down the rest of the season. 
This is the 415ers podcast coming at you three times a week on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. We appreciate you tuning in. Evan Giddings, Mark Grandy with you as always. Download, rate, and subscribe. Uh, tell your friends. I mean, I don't know. Give them a free subscription for Christmas upcoming. I don't know <laughs> if you can even do that, but wrap it up, put it in an e-box, and send it out. Okay, I, I am actually, I'm also glad that you brought this up, which is another reason why I do think that if Jimmy Garoppolo has the chance to come back, that it, look, I, I would, I'm not a head coach, but I would personally do that because, and, and it, I, I hate to make it sound, which is what a lot of the conversation has been and where I want to go next, Mark, surrounding your two young quarterbacks not named Jimmy Garoppolo. Hmm. But, you know, you, you brought up the, comments and sort of emotions swirling around the 49ers locker room after Jimmy got hurt. I don't think it was similar to how the locker room looked, sounded, reportedly was feeling after Trey Lance was ruled out with a season-ending foot injury or, you know, broke his broke his ankle, broke his foot. Like, I don't think the conversation was as similar. Now, that may be unfair to Trey Lance, but it's a reality that we have to face. This team clearly, because of who Jimmy Garoppolo is, the way that he's been since he's joined the San Francisco 49ers, uh, the way the experience he's had on the field, they feel more confident with him under center. And I do believe the team would, by extension, feel more confident, even if Jimmy Garoppolo is coming off of, you know, a non-foot surgery, but a foot injury later in the playoffs. Then with a rookie seventh round, Mr. Relevant quarterback like that, that to me is also a reality that has to be faced by the coaching staff and by the 49ers. And it, and it's also, again, I, it, it sounds like it's damning to Trey Lance, but I do think Mark, it's been interesting to see how people have reacted to the immediate ascension of Brock Purdy and the way he played against the Miami Dolphins almost to the point where people are, are are jumping forward into next year saying, hey, there might be a real quarterback competition here between, you know, between Brock Purdy and Trey Lance. Like I have, I, I think I said a few weeks ago that, that Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, is probably, I, I think there's a good chance that he's back next year. That certainly changes with the injury, but I almost think it, it's maybe helped in a way. Uh, we can, we can have that conversation if you want. But I do think that Trey Lance is still in line to be the starter, no matter how Brock Purdy fares the rest of the season. Probably. I do think there's a very real possibility that there's another open competition next next preseason. To OTA me, that competition, off. though, would be between Garoppolo and Lance. Like, Purdy doesn't, to me, doesn't factor into that equation. If, if, if Garoppolo is a Niner again next year i think he's coming into the season as the starting quarterback uh if they don't have garoppolo maybe they bring in a different veteran then i think it's an open competition but if jimmy garoppolo in, in my opinion is coming back next season i'm not sure there's an open competition now maybe trey lance can just have the best off season anyone has ever had and he kind of forces himself into that conversation uh but i think if if jimmy garoppolo is back uh, then it's clear the Niners wanted him back because he's not under contract next year. He's a free agent. Uh, they would be, you know, forcing themselves to get even more creative with the cap, which again can be done. Uh, the Rams have done it for years now. The Niners have been doing it as well. Maybe not 
to the extent as some other teams, including the Rams, but they have been doing it. If the Niners, you know, have Jimmy Garoppolo under contract again next year, and that includes the offseason and the preseason, I think he's their guy. Um, but I also think it was pretty obvious. You mentioned kind of the emotions feeling a little different um, after the Garoppolo injury versus the Lance injury. I also think you could kind of hear and feel positive vibes from the Niners players talking about Brock Purdy. Now, of course, they're they're not going to throw him under the bus. They're not going to say, yeah, season's over. We don't have a chance. But they also went out of their way to speak positive on Brock Purdy. I don't know if you heard uh, Brendan Ayuk's appearance on the Aaron It Out podcast with TJ Hushmanzada in Orlando, did, Scantric, yeah. a couple of NFL veterans. Uh, Brendan Ayuk, just a random appearance, not Niners promoted, not at a Niners podium, nothing that Niners are, you know, sitting there, a PR guy sitting right next to Ayuk, making sure he, he watches what he says. Brendan Ayuk came out and said, Brock Purdy, like, I'm riding with BP. He said, uh, Purdy came up to him after the game and kind of said, hey, I'm sorry I missed you on a couple of plays against the Dolphins. I'll get better and I'll feed you. That's what Ayuk said that Purdy said to him. Like, that's not something that a veteran receiver like Ayuk needs to come out and say. And that's probably relatively rare for a seventh round rookie to come out and say to a veteran wide receiver as well. So while I think there's probably a, a difference in terms of emotional connection between Niners and Garoppolo and Niners and Lance. It's also, I think, relatively clear to see that the Niners players right now, as it stands, maybe things change if, if he plays poorly for a long stretch. But it's pretty clear to see that that they also are kind of emotionally invested already in Brock Purdy. One, Brendan Ayuk is 24 years old. Uh, I know it year. is his third third year in the league. I mean, he's he's a he's a part of the core. Yeah, he's he's part of the core. I wouldn't go so far as to call him a veteran, but I get like, and and this is the way I think a lot of fans feel. What else do you have? Like, and and I know you, you kind of you preface your comments by saying, well, what else, what else are you supposed to do? But and Ayuk goes out of his way. To me, that's also a response to a lot of the quarterback conversation around Brock Purdy. I mean, not just them bringing in Josh Johnson. They officially signed him um, on, on, yes, they they have, they brought in a veteran quarterback, but it's in response to rumors about, you know, Baker Mayfield, who we'll get to in a bit, who officially signed in in Los Angeles. Uh, I think it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a comment surrounding some of the conversation of, well, what do you make of, you know, a, a rookie last pick quarterback. And even though it is unprovoked, I think that if Trey Lance was in the same situation, I think we'd be, we'd be hearing the same thing. I, I look, look, I also believe that because of the expectation of Brock Purdy, as opposed to the expectation of Trey Lance, that freaking wowed by Brock Purdy. They're like, oh my God, who is this seventh round pick that could step into a game, throw it 37 times and win a ball game? They're like, that, that I, I've never seen that before because literally it has never happened before. Mr. Irrelevant has never thrown a pass in the NFL. Nonetheless, won a game. So I do think there is a, a expectation from the bottom up saying when Jimmy goes out, 
you know, half the stadium, if not more, is saying, wow, there goes the season. Maybe the some of the sidelines saying, wow, there goes the season. But then enter Brock Purdy, who, to his credit, was clearly prepared and clearly ready for the moment against a Miami team that at the time was winning the football game. And, get you know, by his own play, sort of galvanizing this group against the Dolphins. And they're saying, oh, my God, like we might we might have found lightning in a bottle. That's to me where the comic comes from, as opposed to if Trey Lance is in that same spot, there's there's not as much wow because he's the number three overall pick or you know, third taken quarterback that you traded three first round picks to get. That is expected of Trey Lance. What Brock Purdy did was not expected. And that's why I think we're seeing, including Brandon Ayuk, a lot of people on the team, around the team, fans, media come to Brock Purdy's defense and saying, hey, we might have found something here as opposed to Trey Lance, which which you're looking at like, nah, I I, I, I should expect that from my, my former first round pick, right? Yeah, no, that's a good point. I, I think expectations certainly factor in here. I also think in general, the whole, I don't know, this whole conversation about Brock Purdy and and now there are, you know, a number of people and I'm not, I'm not even talking about players. I'm talking more about, I guess some media, maybe, maybe bloggers is the better way to put it. Uh, fans, a lot of people on Twitter, the whole conversation around Brock Purdy, and this is nothing against Brock Purdy. I'm just trying to put myself in Trey Lance's shoes. And to me, frankly, it's, it's pretty upsetting and, and frustrating. Like the, the way that the fan base and a lot of people, and again, this is not a blanket statement. There's there's plenty of people that I, I think feel the same way as I do. I'm not sure we ever saw, and I think a big part of it is, is what you're talking about in terms of expectations, a third overall pick versus a Mr. Irrelevant. You expect the world from Trey Lance, and frankly, you expect nothing from Brock Purdy because that's where they were drafted. But the, the way that the fan base and a lot of people have just so quickly embraced Brock Purdy versus how they reacted to the first start of Trey Lance's career last year and how they reacted to his first start in a monsoon in Chicago uh, and how they reacted when he went down with a broken ankle thinking, okay, now we've got a better chance to win because we've got Jimmy Garoppolo. Like Whether that's true or not, I'm just trying to, to think about this from Trey Lance's perspective. And it frustrates me because you kind of see how this, this fan base is kind of maybe written him off isn't the right phrase, but how they never quite embraced him the same way that they've embraced Brock Purdy now after he's come, came in and, and, and mop up duty of an injured Jimmy Garoppolo and, and played well and helped win a game. I'm not denying any of that. And again, this is nothing negative against Brock Purdy, just comparing situations. And it's a little frustrating because you, you kind of get the feeling. And I, I know it's a business and, you know, football isn't about what's right and what's wrong. But you kind of get the feeling that up to this point, Trey Lance just hasn't gotten a fair shake. And a big part of that is because of his injury. But I, I can't really shake the feeling that Trey Lance hasn't been treated totally fair up to this point in his career. And look, I, I'll, I'll give Trey Lance credit. He appeared to be on the sideline with, with Brock Purdy during the Miami Dolphins game. It was trying to do, I'm assuming, everything he can to help Brock Purdy succeed and help the 49ers win. 
but I'm with you. Like it, it would piss me off. I mean, the way that people have just welcomed Brock Purdy into yeah. the fold, like he's gonna be the next Tom Brady, like he's a late round pick and is all of a sudden gonna step in for the starting quarterback and lead this team to a Super Bowl. That would piss me off too. And look, I know most of it is predicated not on Brock Purdy, but also on the defense that we saw against the number two offense, the running game that appears to be coming into form and not really skipping much of a beat despite not having Elijah Mitchell. I think a lot of people just feel like, hey, Brock Purdy is Jimmy Garoppolo, but without the without the resume. Like, like he he we yeah. we can see the floor of him, but we don't know, we don't have the answer to the question of whether or not he can get us over the over the hump. That was the feeling that I got from a lot of fans on Sunday, um, and just kind of scouring social media, fair or foul. As far as Trey Lance, like and another part of it too, which which may be unfair to him, is unfortunately the few moments that we've got to see him on the field haven't been his best. I mean, just just simply put, and you could say it's unfair of him to you know, perform well in a monsoon, but I mean, the bears are three and nine, three and 10. Like that's, that, that's not a good look. And unfortunately the one big win he did have last year, which I want to give him credit for the Houston Texans was a game that the Niners needed to have in order to make the playoffs. But then again, it was also the Houston Texans and that's a team that you should be able to beat. Again, it comes back to expectation for me because Brock Purdy is not expected to beat the Miami dolphins. The 49ers, after losing their starting quarterback, are not expected to beat the Miami Dolphins. And they largely didn't skip a beat when Jimmy Garoppolo left and then when Brock Purdy came in. I mean, if you just look at his stat line, 25 at 37, 210, two touchdowns a pick, that's a very Jimmy Garoppolo-esque stat line. And it's one that also, coincidentally, ended in a win. That tells like I think that gives fans a lot of confidence in that this guy can be Jimmy Garoppolo, but also we don't know if he can be better than Jimmy. So we're just gonna ride with him. Yeah. It's I mean, we've talked about it a lot. How uh I mean we talked about it before the season even started, how weird this season off season was, the quarterback situation is, and every week just it takes a another turn. And I, I have a feeling that there's more turns left in this story. I think, you know, what the Niners have shown you, maybe not told you, but what they've shown you in their actions over the last few days, and I know it's what we'll talk about coming up in a little bit with Baker Mayfield, is they feel pretty comfortable with Brock Purdy. That's what Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are telling you. They signed Josh Johnson. That's it. Josh Johnson, a career backup who's played some NFL football, but not much. He's been on, what, 14? different teams now something like that third stint with the Niners I think it might be fourth it, I, it might be the fourth Whatever stint, it but it's a lot three or an four yeah regardless it's an awful lot of stints with the San Francisco 49ers but with with the moves or the the non-moves the Niners are making Evan they are telling you whether or not it's fair or not if it if it might upset Trey Lance if it if it frustrates him they're telling you that they are content i think at the least content with uh with brock purdy and what he can do leading this team i'm with you i'm with you 
A reminder to everyone to please download, rate, subscribe to the 415ers podcast three times a week on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. Uh, feel free to follow both of us. I'm on social at eGiddings10, both Twitter and Instagram. Mark is on both at Mark Grandy, Mark with a C, Grandy with an I. And okay, so you, you mentioned Baker Mayfield. Let, let's let's kind of transition to him. He was waived by the Carolina Panthers, or I guess, you know, asked for asked to be waived, uh, was granted his waiver, and then was claimed by the Los Angeles Rams. The San Francisco 49ers did not put in a waiver claim. They, I believe, were 28th as far as the waivers are concerned. So who knows if they would have had, you know, a good chance to get him. But to your point, Mark, by showing that you're not even attempting even thinking about Baker Mayfield, which to me was the message that I got from Shanahan when he spoke earlier in the week. Um, the message that seemed to be coming from the 49ers surrounding looking into Baker Mayfield, because obviously he, people see some, well, some people see him as the best quarterback available. Uh, he goes to Los Angeles Rams. Uh, they don't have Matthew Stafford, so he'll get a chance on a bad team to maybe, you know, rework his image. But the point stands, the 49ers are telling you by not, claiming or even attempting to claim Baker Mayfield that they believe Brock Purdy is their guy for this season. Whether Jimmy Garoppolo comes back or not, that is also, I I think, a tell for some fans that maybe they do believe this guy is ready. And, And look, to their credit, there was, I think, some, you know, good reports coming out of preseason. Brock Purdy, I know, played in the Kansas City game, which was a blowout. Uh, so he had, you know, some sort of regular season experience before he had to come in um, against the Dolphins. But, he, you know, he looked decent in the preseason, uh, you know, got a chance to play against second and third stringers for other teams. But to me, Mark, um, I, I don't I don't know if I take too much away from the 49ers not putting a, a waiver claim in for Baker Mayfield, because I think he is hot garbage and statistically has proven that this season. Um, but I think it would be funny, you know, maybe if, uh, if Baker Mayfield was brought in to be a number one overall pick backing up the last overall pick, uh, <laughs> there'd be some irony involved in that, but that's about it. That would be, um, I mean, I agree that Baker Mayfield has been absolutely terrible. The, the worst quarterback that has played, you know, that has been the starter for a, a decent stretch of games this year in the NFL. And it's probably not particularly close I also think there's something to be said of the situation that he was in in Carolina, Matt Rule, who is gone. Um, and then, well, who is it? Steve Wilkes, I think, is the interim head coach there in Carolina now. Um, I mean, it, it, a bad situation. I'm sure the Niners checked in with Christian McCaffrey, who was his teammate briefly in Carolina. Maybe McCaffrey said, hey, I don't think this dude fits in this locker room. Uh, maybe he said that, maybe he didn't, maybe he gave the Niners the, the sign of approval and the Niners ultimately decided that we don't need him. Um, I will say, regardless of of what you think of, of Baker Mayfield, and again, I, I preface all of this by saying that he's he's been terrible this year. If you felt like you needed more quarterback depth, there's not going to be a better option available to you in the future. If you felt like you needed someone, this was your best option so i mean to to me that means the niners obviously i mean the the logic says that they think they're better off with what they currently have which is baker mayfield or pardon me which is brock purdy and josh johnson than with baker mayfield that might not be saying much maybe it's it's more of a comment on 
his personality, how he would fit in the locker room, than his ability, perhaps. I think that's certainly part of it. I mean, the Niners have not been shy about talking about, you know, only trying to get high character guys. And I'm not saying that that Baker Mayfield is a bad character guy, but he isn't quite the mold that the Niners tend to go after. Uh, you know, Nick Bosa does not like him, and that's probably putting it lightly. Maybe that had an impact on the team, on, on their decision. But ultimately, I think you can safely assume if the Niners felt like they needed something, this was their best opportunity, and ultimately they determined, no, we're not going to go after him. So I think that the logical conclusion to draw is they feel okay with their quarterback room. Yeah, I mean, like Kyle Shanahan would probably tell you, I think it's somewhere in the middle. Like, it, I think it is as much about what Brock Purdy showed against Miami and what Brock Purdy has shown up until this point. It's also probably having to do with how bad Baker Mayfield is and specifically the style of bad that he's been. Baker Mayfield is a risk taker. And Kyle Shanahan does not want his quarterbacks taking risks, whether it be throwing the football, whether it be running the football. He has already lost two starting quarterbacks. Even when he had his first one, there was by, you know, you're talking about showing actions and showing you what he thinks. Uh, there were actions taken by Shanahan that told all of the 49ers team and fans that he did not want Trey Lance throwing and taking risks. At least that's what I, I drew from how he chose to call plays for Trey Lance. Same thing with Jimmy Garoppolo does not want him to take risks. That's all that Baker Mayfield does is take risks. And it has worked out in a horrible fashion this season. I think he's a better quarterback than the the eighteen point three you know QBR or whatever he has. <laughs> hard to be um, worse than that. It's really really hard to do. But I also don't think that he's right for this team. And and that that's what it comes down to me. Josh Johnson. I know he look Baker Mayfield. Yes, might have better physical gifts than Josh Johnson at this point in his career. But Josh Johnson has also been in. The system, like he, he also has a somewhat of an idea about this offense, which automatically to me makes him a better option than Baker Mayfield. It would take Mayfield a long time to, uh, you know, kind of get ready, get right, and then being willing to listen to Kyle Shanahan on a play-by-play -play basis, which I don't think he would do. But the the bigger question to me is, is Kyle Shanahan is is he lucky or unlucky? when it comes to his quarterback room, like, I mean, you, I think you could go either way with this because you could say, well, he, I mean, he's lost his two starting quarterbacks this year. He's had injury, you know, misfortune when it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo in past years, when he's had a quarterback, he's been to the playoffs. He's been successful. He's been a good head coach by standard metrics, but when he doesn't, he hasn't been. And that's no fault of his, you know, I'm a quarterback can't go far, but, you could also make the argument that he's been pretty lucky this year with the way that his quarterback room has played out. Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, going through his offseason regimen, getting surgery, not getting surgery, being available, being willing to come back, being willing to restructure, being willing to be the ultimate insurance policy. Trey Lance goes down. Jimmy steps in, goes seven and three. Jimmy gets hurt. You got Brock Purdy, who now can come in and apparently win you football games against the second best team at the time in the AFC. So. I like I, I, I personally am torn, Mark. Like I do not know whether Kyle Shanahan has been lucky or unlucky when it comes to his quarterbacks, just because of like I don't even think he has a hierarchy at this point. At least it didn't seem 
to me, the way this year has played out, that he had a, a clear one, two, three at the beginning of the year, even though Lance, Garoppolo, and Purdy were the ones listed as his QB one, two, and three. Well, it's funny. I mean, I, I, I think unlucky is the way to go just because of all the injuries. There's, you know, certainly other aspects to consider because, you know, you were lucky even to have Garoppolo as your backup in the first place this year, as, as you mentioned. Um, I think the other thing that's interesting, I mean, oh, by the way, I, I did look it up, Josh Johnson. This is indeed his uh, fourth stint with the 49ers. Uh, his first stint, uh, 2012, second stint, 2014, third stint, 2020, and, and now this one here. So uh, fourth time for Josh Johnson donning the red and gold. He's a, a Niner legend at this point. Evan. I think he probably looks better in the Niner uniform than he does in either of the 13 teams that he played for. He also has some uh, AAF, the American Alliance of Football, and some A XFL experience, Evan. So he's not just an NFL veteran. He's just a North American professional football veteran, that Josh He Johnson. is right down to the name, the generic <laughs> backup quarterback. They probably already have a, I mean, they have a leftover jersey from 2020, I'm sure. They don't even need to print a new one for him. Um but that, you know, unlucky versus lucky conversation is interesting because, um, yeah, I mean, you've, you've been lucky to be in some of the we, – we talked about it a lot. You're, it's a good problem to have the Jimmy Garoppolo as your backup, the, the Trey Lance as your starter. But we also talked about last episode reacting to the win against the Dolphins, how injuries have just become – Maybe the the first chapter of the book of Kyle Shanahan's tenure as a member of the San Francisco 49ers. And I mean, for me, it, it's pretty clear. It's it's the, the story of of Kyle Shanahan's quarterbacking, you know, duo or qu quarterbacking position as a, as a head coach of the 49ers. It's unlucky. I'm not sure there's a, another quarterback position i'd have to do some research on this across the entire nfl over the last what seven years since kyle shanahan took over for the 49ers that have dealt with more injuries to their quarterback position than the 49ers that's to me the definition of unlucky uh, you've had so many starts with nick mullins and cj bethard you even had brian hoyer for a while before you made the trade for jimmy garoppolo the fact that kyle shanahan has still a, a winning record at this point and has climbed above 500 and now is putting some ground between him and, and, and the 500 record is pretty impressive considering all the bad luck he's had at the quarterback position. So for me, Evan, I think it's, I think it's a pretty easy answer. It's, it's unlucky, damn near criminal how unlucky Kyle Shanahan has been at that quarterback spot. I'm kind of with you. I think to me, it more so has to do with just how football is like, it's such a, physically demanding crushing game that I mean you could get hurt on any single play as we've seen twice this year for the 49ers but I also think that some people would argue look Trey Lance may have gotten hurt because of the way that you used him like the way that yeah. you kind of ran him into the ground to begin the year so maybe some of that unluckiness is a product of his own creation or in this case i guess damnation I, I i do lead a lean more towards the unlucky part because it is the game of football but it, it's just interesting like okay one time it's a fluke two times it's a coincidence three times uh, i'm not so sure four times is it a trend like 
I, I, I do think that's also something that is going on, maybe unfairly to Kyle Shanahan. But look, I mean, yes, they, they have been, I would wager, the most injured quarterback room over the last six seasons since Kyle Shanahan's taken over as head coach than any other football team. But I also wonder, like, okay, well, so Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt in, in New England, even before he became a 49er. Um you know, he, he got hurt in, in flukish ways, I guess you could say, each of his three times that he's had his season prematurely ended or now shortened. Um, I, I can't blame Kyle Shanahan for that. But if this is something that continues, and like you're talking about, injuries have become synonymous with his time in SF, then I will start to wonder, okay, like, yeah, f- football is a random game. But this keeps happening to you, like over and over and over. And I I just think it's a little unfair that the players themselves get labeled as injury prone, like Jimmy Garoppolo inevitably will be, and how Trey Lance probably is on track to be. But the head coach gets a pass. That, That to me is a little unfair. And I, I don't know what you think about that. I get where you're coming from. I also think it is... And I'm not saying this is what you're saying. I think it's it's ludicrous the idea that all right, let's let's assume the first five years of Kyle Shanahan's tenure, four years, three, four, five years of Kyle Shanahan's tenure, he was doing something wrong. He and his coaching staff, his training staff, whatever, they were doing something wrong. That was part of the reason why they were suffering way more injuries than anyone else. They were working them too hard in practice. They were doing two-a-day workouts, whatever it is. They were, you know, working out in unfavorable conditions, whatever it was. Okay, that's happening. You do, after three years of terrible injury luck, you do an extensive, extensive search. You try to figure out if there's anything you're doing wrong, and you find it. And you're like, all right, we're doing something wrong. We're changing it. It is ludicrous. The idea that that process hasn't happened and that they, they found something and yet they just kept at it. Like, I I totally understand the, you know, once it is bad luck, twice is a coincidence and third is a trend. But if there was anything that actually backed up the fact that they were doing something wrong and that potentially these injuries could be avoided and that they didn't do everything in their power to change it, is insane to me. And again, I'm not saying that's what you're saying at all. Cause I, I know that's not what you're saying. Well, I, think I, think, it, I think what I'm, what I'm saying is more so. Okay. If, if, if a player is injury prone and that's totally, you know, maybe random, but the player gets labeled as injury prone, then don't I look at Kyle Shanahan as a guy who selects or has chosen injury prone players at the most important position in the game. Uh, I don't know. I feel like we're back in the Trent Balky era now, drafting only drafting players that have previously torn their ACLs, and he gets killed for that. He does. I mean, I, I think that's that's not comparable to the situation of of um, Kyle Shanahan. I mean, Trey Lance hadn't had a major injury that I recall before he was drafted. Jimmy Garoppolo, yeah, banged up in in. Um, in New England, but he tore his ACL as a member of the 49ers, had the the injury issues last year and, and now the foot injury this year. I, I think those are different situations. I do agree with you in general, though, about 
how unfair it is that players get labeled as injury prone. Um, I, I think maybe the, the solution is to to not label them as injury prone and and not add something to the to the head coach. But I, I'm with you that that is an unfair thing that media fans, not football fans alike, all do. Yeah, I mean, I I look at the end of the day, I do think it's unfair to to say Kyle Shanahan like played a played a part in Jimmy Garoppolo getting rolled up on 15 yards behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, but I I just yeah, I more so wanted to point out that kind of unfairness about how we look at players in a game that is an unlucky sport and yet we don't look at the decision makers of those players in the same way uh, but but then again there's a discrepancy that life is unfair i i get that um sorry sorry it took us a little bit longer than usual mark i, I just thought we had a chance to maybe dive into kind of an uncomfortable area that's that some people might be wondering about but i appreciate you sticking with me oh no we're good always enjoy the conversation all right. Well, that'll wrap up this episode of the 415ers. We appreciate all of you sticking with us through these 45-plus uh, minutes, as you do each and every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday on the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network. We will be talking to you on Friday before. We didn't even mention his name, but Tom Brady had a freaking big comeback on Monday night against the New Orleans Saints. That is who will be coming into Santa Clara, or as he called uh, I believe on the Monday Night Football broadcast, San Fran, uh, which pissed a lot mm. of people off, considering he is from the area, should know better. But well, hey, and guy, he had a conversation with Aaron Judge down in Tampa on Monday night. Maybe he's got some inside info. You never know. Tampa Bay Rays, the front runner. That's how uh. I take it. <laughs> uh, Evan Giddings, Mark Grandy, we'll talk to you next time. We appreciate you tuning into this episode of the Four One Five Podcast.